I'm Barry Chase. I'm the next guest on Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. What did I tell you? We are back with another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I told you it would be coming quick for you, so uh, our usual weekend show is now moved up because we have a time-sensitive one here. This is uh, episode 607 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Barry Case is going to be joining us. Now, she has been in a lot of movies with a lot of famous people. She uh, started out as a dancer, and then she was in Mad. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And uh, we talk about that in the interview, and we talk about uh, Bonanza. She was on Bonanza on one of the shows, and a whole bunch of other stuff she was in and all these people she worked with, and uh, it's just an amazing story. So get ready for that. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, and she will be Saturday, November 12th. She will be at the California Independent Film Festival, and they're going to have a showing of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, and she will be there for a Q&A. So be sure, if you are in the Bay Area, to check this out. She will be there for the California Independent Film Festival. It's going to be a lot of fun at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California. So, it's uh, just, just it just seems like we talked just the other day. We did. So, <laughs> uh, But anyways, uh, we are going to continue here. And we've got a whole list of uh, remakes and things coming your way. I want to remind you that uh, we do appreciate so much when uh, you download. A lot of people are downloading all the episodes of uh, On Screen and Beyond. And it, it really helps us out because uh, the more people who are downloading and listening to On Screen and Beyond, the more people we can get on the show. So it's just a vicious circle that we have to keep going up. But I got to tell you, I appreciate it very much. So let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Up and try again. Remake Madness. It looks like a retelling of the story of the Super Mario Brothers arrives in 2023. The last one was in 1993. And live action remake of The Little Mermaid swings into our theaters and things on May 26th, 2023. And the remake of The Haunted Mansion swoops our way on August 11th, 2023. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies. Look for Anne Hathaway and Anthony Hopkins in a James Gray film called Armageddon Time. And Zac Efron, he's going to be starring as a wrestler, Kevin Von Erich, in the film The Iron Claw. And Robert De Niro and Kim Cattrall star in About My Father, and it's going to be coming our way on May 26, 2023. That's it for upcoming new movies. Coming up next on Screen and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as sequels. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequels. Well, it looks like a return to the original Karate Kid franchise will come our way in a sequel on June 7th, 2024. And Inside Out, you know, the Disney movie, gets a sequel, Inside Out 2, with a tentative release date of June 14th, 2024. And October 4th of 2024, you can look for Joker, Folly Adieu. Okay, now I hope I said that right. But anyways, and uh, that's with Joaquin Phoenix, and it'll be hitting theaters on October 4th. And that's it for sequels. Coming up next on Screen and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, Creepshow Season 3 will be hitting Blu-ray and DVD on December 6th. Better Call Saul Season 6 arrives on December 6th on DVD and Blu-ray. And also on December 6th, Star Trek Discovery Season 4 is going to be coming our way to Blu-ray and DVD. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, let's take a look at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, Halloween Ends arrives on digital on November 15th, and it'll be on Blu-ray, 4K, and DVD on December 27th. And December 6th, you can look for Amsterdam. Now, that's going to be coming out on DVD and Blu-ray and 4K. And Old Man with Stephen Lang will be hitting Blu-ray and DVD on December 6th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, it looks like Jimmy Kimmel will host the Oscars this year for his third time. And hopefully they will not have any of the slapping and the political stuff and all the other crap that they usually have. And they will just concentrate on movies. We'll see what happens. I don't know. And Dahmer, the monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which we had the one of the people from there. We had uh, Michael Leonard just a couple weeks ago, and she was in that uh, show on Netflix. And you can listen to that, so go back and listen to that. But anyways, uh, that show has now been given two more seasons on Netflix. A lot of people are saying, well, I thought you told us the whole story. Well, we'll see what happens. And Netflix also has re- renewed The Watcher for a second season. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have a guest coming your way that has, uh, you know, from old Hollywood. And she has been in so many 
movies with so many actors and, and everything. And uh, she is in the Mad, 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 Mad World film. And it was an all-star cast. If you haven't seen that movie, you gotta you got to check it out. But they're going to be showing it on Saturday, November 12th at the Orinda Theater at the California Independent Film Festival. You can check her out there, too. Barry Case, she's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond has worked on films with Robert Mitchum, Fred Astaire, Jimmy Stewart, Richard Attenborough, Danny Kaye, Donald O'Connor, Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly, and so many others. And she was part of the all-star cast of the Madcap film, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And on Saturday, November 12th, she will be at the California Independent Film Festival for a special showing of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. It's Barry Chase. Barry, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Now... Barry, I'm I'm looking at the people that you have worked with, and it's 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 incredible. <laughs> well, a lot of them I was just in the course in my early days. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Danny Kay was that was one of the first films. I it was the very first film. I was a teenager, and Hans Christian Andersen. But I, we worked on that for six months. That's the way they were in those days. Wow. So they, yeah, they kept you on for the entire run in case they needed you when they were ready. You know, you were mm-hmm. there when they needed you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So now, like you said, you, you were in the chorus on, on some of those films. Um, did, yeah. Uh, did you get to meet some of these people, uh, a, lot, a lot of these people, when you were working on the films? Uh, no, they weren't. They couldn't be bothered meeting you. Unless they wanted a hit on you, uh, <laughs> they. Uh, but you observed them, you know, yes. for d- day after day after day after day. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? Uh, I did meet Kelly. I did uh, Jean Kelly. I was actually supposed to do a uh, screen test with Kelly, which I was very excited about. But uh, Arthur Freed canceled that for oh. obvious reasons. Hmm. Wow. Which so- I don't. I don't really want to go into because that's also very popular now, the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Our day was the walk away movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. well, that's fine. That's, I understand. Uh, but uh, yeah. were you. But I did know Gene, and I, I knew him after I worked with Fred. They were good friends. Oh, yeah. Both admired each other. Yeah. So what made you want to get into to acting and dancing and all those things was it when you were you know real young uh, you know just a little just a little very kid? young I always danced I was always one of those little kids my mother was a pianist so there was music uh-huh. in our house all the time and I always moved to it you know I, I loved to it inspired you know I took off and went someplace else with the music and uh, so she got teachers for me and I trained uh, strictly ballet and I was uh, going to go in Balanchine's company when my parents divorced. And uh, it was a very ugly divorce. My mother needed a psychiatrist, but that wasn't popular in those days. Mm. 
uh, only crazy people had psychiatrists. <laughs> but anyway, maybe we're all crazy. Um, so, yeah, I didn't go into a company. I went to work because we needed money to live on. And, um, yeah, so that's how I happened to uh, get going in the film industry. So now, one of the biggest movies. Well, I mean, you were in in so many other movies that were big, but but one that everybody knows you for is it's a mad, 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 mad world. It's a lot of mads in there. But. Yeah, it's a very popular movie. Very, very popular movie. Yeah. It's a classic forever, I guess. Yeah, and how? I mean, that movie. I don't think there's ever been a movie that has had so many stars either. You know, as stars or, or uh, you know, uh, second, yeah, you know was, secondary stars or cameos or anything. It, it's never been a movie with so many people. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a tour de force to make a story work with so many diverse stars. Even though they were all comedians, they were such individualists that it was quite an achievement of Stanley Kramer's and the writer. Yeah, I mean, to get that many... Uh, to, to get that many egos in one group must have been, <laughs> you know, like herding cats, I would imagine. Boy, yes, yes, indeed. You know, there was um, <laughs> there was a showing, I think it was the, celebrating the 50th anniversary, I'm not sure, that the at the Screen Directors Guild a number of years ago, uh, when the, those people were still alive. But um, I noted was I waiting for it to, to begin, that all the cast were in wheelchairs. And I, I went, oh, my God, I'm, I'm like the only one standing kind of thing. But wow. <clears throat> So anyway, they all lined up across the stage, and Billy Crystal was the MC. And during that uh, interviewing of each person, suddenly Mickey Rooney jumped up out of his wheelchair and started talking and, and talking to the people. And, to, and he never got back in the wheelchair. And I thought, that is really bizarre. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Very <laughs> strange. But, yeah, the uh, Stanley Kramer gave a uh, gala after the preview in which everyone that ex- in the film, except myself, because I said to him it wasn't conducive to, uh, to, a, to dancing, um, did uh, their own uh, comedic uh, time, which was amazing because each one, it, you felt it very being competitive, sure. uh, but it was an amazing uh, uh, evening. And even uh, Ethel Merman got up and sang. You know, it was just, wow. it was quite something else. I guess never, uh, it, it was amazing, yeah. And, and uh, I think even uh, maybe even if the individual didn't feel competitive, I, I I don't think Jonathan Winters had probably felt competitive. He was in his own world. Uh, it seemed to uh, evoke that somehow. Yeah. Wow! I I mean, just if each person got a chance to do their own thing, it, it, I, I can see this they lasting. Did. They it, did. Yeah, it, it, I can see it lasting for hours and hours because. I mean, oh, it did, and it was wonderful. I mean, you oh, knew yeah. that you were witnessing something, a one-in-a-lifetime uh, experience. You know, it wasn't going to be repeated, and it was uh, was quite remarkable. Yeah. Now, for our listeners, uh, if they haven't seen A Mad, 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 Mad World, 
just to give them an idea of who was in this film, I'll give you a couple of names here. Spencer Tracy, Milton Berle, Sid Caesar, Bunny Hackett, Ethel Merman, Mickey Rooney, Dick Sean, uh, Phil Silvers. Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante, yes, there's another one. Um, <laughs> and then there was Buster yeah. Keaton and Jack, Jim, uh, Jim Backus and... I mean, I, we could just go on and on. Dorothy he, Provine, yes. uh, Edie Adams. Yeah. It's, I, it's just an unbelievable yeah. film. And uh, yeah. like I say, it must have been, and the Three Stooges were in it. <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a, a Carl Reiner was in it. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't have it in front of me. So I'm just trying to recall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, in fact, I've had the opportunity uh, with you, of course, here we were talking now. You were in it, um, but I've also I had the opportunity to speak with Kyle Reiner, and uh, also, um, oh, who else? <laughs> I had oh Marvin Kaplan was, was a guest <laughs> on my show, and uh, Mickey Rooney, uh-huh. uh, you know, a few years, uh-huh. you know, a few years back before he passed, and. Uh, it's, oh uh, yeah, I'm the last man standing. Yes, it's you a are. Strange thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a kind of a a double edged thing, you yeah. know. You're glad to glad to be alive, but you don't want to be the last one alive. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. how did you get involved with with this film? I was uh, in Sweden at the time, and I picked up the phone, and uh, I, it was somebody from working for Mr. Kramer then said, uh, Stanley Kramer wants to uh, talk to you about being in a film that he's doing. Would you be able to get on a plane right away? And I thought, Stanley Kramer, my God. So I went, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I did. I got on a plane right away and uh, flew into town and they picked me up and they drove me immediately to to the lot to his office. And he uh, said that he wanted me to do this uh, scenes with Dick Sean, and uh, I was very agreeable to everything that he said. I was very—I couldn't believe I was working for Stanley Kramer—and um, sent me down to wardrobe. Uh, there was no time for anything. Uh, I was told much, much later that it was his wife who had suggested me for this uh, part. Anyway, I was sent down to the. Wardrobe at Universal to find something to wear. Uh, they wanted me in shorts or a swimsuit, and uh, there really was just a bunch of nothing there. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God! And then this uh, wardrobe person brought out this two-piece. Um, it was really uh, used as a stripped stripper's costume. But I thought, well, it's fringe and it moves, so uh, and I got that. And uh, we shot the scene the next day, which was uh, not used in the movie. Uh, it was cut, uh, which I think it was probably a good idea. It wasn't very important to the film. Where I was, uh, where Silver, he runs off in a car to see his mother, and I'm saying, screaming at him, you know, what's going on or something, you know, and so forth. But then, then there was another week in before we did the scene with uh, Dick Sean. But yeah, that's how that came about, out of, I mean, just uh, somehow, I guess he was, I'm guessing because I never asked him, uh, 
I had I was very scared actually even to talk to him for some reason. Um, but maybe they were at odds in casting that part, and his wife came up with the idea of me. Uh, you know, it seems like I was a last-minute thought. Huh. Wow. Uh, so that anyway, that's how that came about. And it all worked out great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was quite quite an amazing uh, out of the blue. I've had out of the blue things in my life, but not quite of that uh, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. one. No, yeah. did, did I, you... I mean, I, the reason I was in Sweden was I was called by a Swedish director who I worked with several times. I really enjoyed working for him. He was a very interesting man. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's, yeah. that's how Mad World came about. Huh. Now, working with Dick Sean, uh, and, and I, I mean this in a good way, but... Dick Sean was crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yes, he is. Yes. Everybody he was in not was crazy. in real life, I don't think, although I only knew. I actually had worked with Dick Sean before Mad World. Oh, there was yeah. a movie called The Opposite Sex. The origin, it was not, it was the remake of the original mm-hmm. one, which was done in the, I don't know, 30s or 40s, but they did, uh, MGM did a remake of it. And, um, I was uh, working for the choreographer on that film, and there was this number that needed three girls. And uh, he decided to, one of them was Joni Collins, who she was one of the principals, and myself, and then the choreographer's assistant. And we each did a little little thing, and then uh, it was Dick Sean's number. Uh, he was a psychiatrist. And so I knew him. And uh, like I say, those films, you were on them for approximately, you know, four to six months, a long time. They would hire you for the run of the uh, shooting. So um, I did know, I, I, I knew what I was getting into with Dick <laughs> in the way he performs in a very full-out, uh, different top. way <laughs> yes. other people. Yeah, so I knew what that was uh, going to be. Uh, with, with Dick, I liked him. I, I act, and I uh, was very sad that he died so, so tr- you know, suddenly, yeah. far too young. But uh, yeah, so I did know what that was going to be about, which uh, was good that I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you say that on the some of the earlier films you did, they hired you for the duration of the the whole movie. Um, yeah, so, so you were on them for long periods. So you of time, had a lot yeah. of time that you're just sitting around, I, I guess, or, or are you oh, watching yeah. what they're doing? Oh thinking? yeah, lots of that, lots of that. Yeah, in the in my chorus days, you know, I, I'm sure we were at least six months on Hans Christian Andersen, but the dancers had a lot of different numbers to do in, in that film. You know, it was about dance, mm, yeah. a lot of it. You know, the, the ballerina and so forth. But, um, you know, originally in the cast, the original cast for that movie was was Moira Shearer and a wonderful ballet dancer called Eric, a great dancer called uh, Eric Brune. And um, then it was changed. Uh, somehow, I don't know why Moira Shearer was out, because I thought, I think she would have been perfect for it. Uh, and ZZ John Mayer, who I admire very much, but she, I don't think she, that part was, I don't even think she thought that part was right for her, but anyway, 
And then they got rid of Eric Brune. They fired him, and Roland Petit, who was the choreographer, the original choreographer, he was on from the very beginning, uh, took over that part. But, uh, yeah... I don't know how I diversed in that, but yeah, we were on it for those uh, other and the other things for long, long periods of time. Sometimes they would ask to use us as an extra. To um, they'd call down. They needed more background people. I, they ha that happened on Brigadoon. Uh, yeah. And Vincent Minnelli was a very meticulous. I think Vincent Minnelli is very, very interesting because he had some wonderful, wonderful, successful, and good movies, and he had some, like, kismet, just disastrously bad <laughs> movies, I think, anyway. Yeah. So, interesting. I don't know what, why that, what transpired, uh, transpired to make that, make them so bad, because yeah. he was such a talented man, but he was very interested in detail, and the movies went on. Kismet went on forever. Yeah. So, now, and they used us as extras, too, in that film to fill in the harem scenes. Uh, okay. We would be standing in the background, you know. Yeah. And whenever they were short of people, that was a common practice to call down to the dance hall and, and get some of the kids to come up to be extras. Hmm. Now, with that, where you they keep you for the whole movie, that can... The the early days, you said. That, is that the way they did it for It's a Mad, 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 Mad World also? Were you I have set? no idea, because by that time I was a principal, and uh, I, don't, I don't remember any chorus people working in Mad, Mad World. You know, there were, there were, uh, matter of fact, the only dance thing was the thing I did with, with, uh, with Dick. Right, yeah. yeah. So you weren't you weren't there for the whole filming of every. You didn't see everybody. All these. Oh people. no, no, no! I I worked literally three days. I think somebody uh, told me that recently. Yeah. They said, "Oh, it was a writer who is, um, and, and doing research, and he called and he had found my contract, <laughs> and he said, you, do you know you only worked three days?'" And I said, "Or two, maybe." Uh, there was the one scene that was cut, and then with Dick, I don't know. Whether that was done in one or two days, I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. yeah. But no, it was a very uh, short uh, in-and-out deal. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So now, uh, on Saturday, November 12th, uh, people are going to get a chance to see this on the big screen again at the beautiful Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. And uh, you're going to be there, so will you be answering, having a Q&A and... and Talking? Yes, there's going to be a, uh, a Q and A after the screening. Yeah. 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 I I look forward to that. So I've had good times so far. I hope this will also be a good time. <laughs> uh, but I've had good times with Q and A. Sometimes the questions are uh, out of the out of your realm of thinking, and and it's fun. It's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. What's What's the most common question that always comes up when you do that? Is Is there a certain one that comes up all every time you go? Uh, no, I can't think of one offhand, really. The, usually people want to know what it was like with, uh, working for Stanley Kramer mm -hmm. yeah. or what it was like working with Dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I tell them that my experiences that I had doing that. Uh, but I can't think. And then, there, like I say, there's these questions out of the blue, which are really fun to get. Uh, yeah, that's how it goes, you yeah. know. Mm 
I can't think of the, of the crazy ones right now, yeah. but you get them, you go, oh, I've never thought of that. Okay, <laughs> let, well, let me see. What do I have to say about that? Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. Now, Barry, I gotta, I, we're getting into the season where, whether people know it or not, they see you every year if they're watching White oh, Christmas. Oh, God, on, on White Christmas, right? Is that <laughs> yes. what you were going to say? Yes. <laughs> we're getting close to that <laughs> yes, time. Yes, indeed. And you're in that one uh, there. How was that? Oh, yeah. I was very young in that one. I was still living with my mom, so I, I, was, I hadn't hit 20 yet. Um, so yes, and that was just an, uh, I told you, sort of funny flukes have happened to me in my life, very, very, uh, not, uh, sought after or anticipated in any way. I was, um, visiting a girlfriend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, and she was working as a dancer on White Christmas, and I, I never even auditioned for the dancing, which means I must have been working on something else. And they never would release you to uh, go and audition for something else. If you, you just missed it, that was it, you know. Yeah. So evidently what I had been working on was over with, and she was working on White Christmas, and she said, come on over, we'll go to lunch together. So it sounded like a good idea. I wasn't doing anything, and uh, I went over to the... And I remember my mother, who was very psychic. I used to say people... UCLA at one point was doing testing. You know these people who they call in to solve murders and so forth because mm-hmm. they're so psychic. My mother was very much like that. She was very in tune with her, with her mind, and uh, she kept asking me to wear this, which I considered gaudy outfit that she had bought for me. This kind of sweater that had gold metal in it. Now it isn't gaudy, but in those days it was. You know, now it's we. It's just common and but and then it was you know we were much more conservative and so forth um so she kept saying to me wear that sweat you know she had bleached my hair blonde which i'm not a natural blonde and she had, and she kept saying and i want you to make get your face made up and i kept saying mom i'm going to lunch with my friend you know but she was very very insistent and i was a good daughter so i did what she said so i went there for lunch and they were working late so the fellows in casting said to me, they knew me, and they said, just go on up to, no point sitting here waiting for it, just go on up to the stage and, and wait till they break. So I did, and I was sitting way in the back because I felt very intrusive. Um, a lot of people don't like strangers on their set, you know, which mm-hmm. I, I totally understand. Yeah. And anyway, I was sitting in the back, way in the back, away from where they were shooting, and it was a big sound stage, and... I noticed this man kept walking, making crosses in front of me, you know, he'd walk one way and then he'd walk back, and I just sat there. And then the assistant director came over to me, and he said the director, Mr. Cortez, uh, would like to have you read some lines from, a script, from the script. And would you uh, go to his dressing room read, to read you? And I looked at the assistant director, and I said, uh, no, not unless you come with me. I'm not going to go to his dressing room to read some lines, you know. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. very, that's the way you had to be in those days, you know. So he said, no, no, this is really, really, this is, uh, I guess I'll go with you, but he really wants you to read these uh, from the script. 
So we went over there, and he gave me the script and asked me to read these lines, which I did. And then he said, can you talk through your nose? And I wasn't exactly sure what he was trying to say, so he, he did it for me. So then I copied what he did, and he said, she's it. Take her down to casting. She's got the part. And uh, the, the uh, assistant, as we were walking down to the casting office, was laughing, and I said to him, what's so funny? And he said, he has entered, we have gotten every bit player in town, Bond bit girl player, and he doesn't like them. And out of nowhere, you're it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. Now that, Barry, is a true Hollywood discovery. <laughs> it's a true Hollywood story. Yes. I know. I know. I know. I didn't go anywhere from there. Nothing, you know, came of it. People mm-hmm. really seemed to like it, and I think it was, you know, it has survived. Uh, I guess still people write me fan mail about it, so I guess it was okay. But, uh, yeah. Wow. I remember standing, in those days it would be a long time uh, before a film was released, sometimes like a year, you know, before they put it together and whatever it was that they did. Mm-hmm. It was finally released, and I remember standing, and there was a line to see it at the movie theater, and I was standing in line with my mom, and this fellow came out, and he said, I'm the manager of the theater, and I recognize you, and come on, I'll just take you in. And I was like, oh, we don't have to pay? (laughs) (laughs) And so he took us in, yeah. But it was a classic movie. It's very strange. I've done very few film work. I sort of came at the long time for movie musicals and so forth. Uh, but the films that I have done have uh, have lasted. I, there's only one that was, and, it, and at the time I was doing it, I, I didn't want to do it. The studio said, we'll suspend you if you don't do it. I was under contract by then to Fox. and So I did it. But it was the George Raff story with uh, mm-hmm. Ray Denton yeah. and... Uh, it should have been a better movie than it was, but it was, um, there were, I won't go into it, but there were reasons why it was not good. Yeah. I didn't think it would be good, and it wasn't. But anyway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So yeah. back in the days of the, the studio actors, you know, they, they really had control of what you did and didn't do, right? Oh, totally. If you're under contract. I got a, I, it was a fluke, too, another fluke. It was a, a huge open call uh, for a movie called Mardi Gras, Pat Boone movie, mm-hmm. at 20th Century Fox. And this man who wanted to be my agent, who's a lovely human being, he's probably not alive anymore, he was older than I, but he, anyway, and he said, he, he saw something in me and he, he wanted 
he said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to work as your agent. You know, nobody wanted to take on a chorus kid. And uh, by then I had given up, uh, there's a long story to that, but anyway, I had given up dancing and I was uh, taking acting lessons with Jeff Corey and I, I, because I wasn't really getting anywhere as a, a dancer. And anyway, it's not another long, boring story, but anyway. So, um, I, it was an open, what we used to call cow call. Mm-hmm. And he called me, and I was in the process of rehearsing a scene for class, and uh, I didn't want to go. And this fellow who I was rehearsing with, he said, no, you're going. And I said, no, no, it's, it's, it's not going to be anything. I'm not going to go. And he said, no, you're going. And he went, <laughs> I lived in a single uh, apartment and he went to the closet and he said I've seen this on you in class put this on and you call him back and you're going and he was very adamant I I think I went and thanked him a lot after that and I went and uh, my god Jerry Wald who was the producer was taken by me he and he, he loved the people I had worked for he loved Jack Cole and he loved Jeff Corey and he called both of them to ask them right in front of me in his office. Uh, I made, you know, I made it through and uh, to a, an elimination thing. And he called both Jack and uh, Jeff, and I guess they said nice things. And he looked at me and he said, "You've got the part." And then he said a funny thing. He said, "You're going to be playing opposite Tommy Sands, and he's probably shorter than you." So there's gonna the director's gonna ask you to line up. So when you do that, bend your knees. <laughs> <laughs> so after we did the film, or maybe during it, I can't remember. Jerry Wald wanted to put me under contract. So as soon as Fox heard that Jerry Wald wanted to put me under contract, Fox wanted to put me under contract. So there was, and then I had to choose who was I going to go to under contract. I thought, oh my God, from nothing to everything, right? Yeah. And uh, Mr. Wally, Wald said to me, um, I, I asked him, I said, what do I do? You know, and he said, I actually, even to my detriment, I think you should go with Fox because they make far more movies than I do. And that's about the only advice I can say. He said, I, I will use you. I think you're talented, but they do. So, you know, it takes me a year or whatever, you know, to get ready to shoot a movie, so you'll be sitting. I ended up sitting at Fox, but anyway. But that's without the blue, you know, just an audition for a part, which I got, and then it went into a contract for the studio. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, (laughs) it's funny how things work out. Fluky things. And I would have never gone to it if it hadn't been for the fellow I was doing the scene with, if he hadn't uh, been so adamant that I do it. He said, you can't pass this up. You're going to go. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Huh. Yeah. Now, now, you also did some TV, uh, and um, in the early years you did some, some TV, but uh, in the, you also did one of the, probably one of the most popular shows on TV at the time was Bonanza. You, were, you actually worked on Bonanza. Yes, my brother wrote that script. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, you'll see the credit. It says Frank Chase. That was, that was my brother. I had, I think I'd already done the Astaire shows by then, one or two of them, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And my brother said, I've written this script for you. And I went, because I knew nothing about it. He didn't tell me about it. And I guess it had been okayed at Bonanza. He wrote a lot of westerns on TV. It was a wet, like my, well, he, my dad was a 
that I love my brother dearly, but I think my dad was a better writer. But anyway, he wrote a lot. And my dad taught him the craft of writing, yeah. and um, he he did a lot of westerns. Anyway, he, he said, "I wrote this for you, Barry, and you're going to do it." And so I went and I talked to uh, the people at Bonanza, and they wanted me to do it, and my brother wanted me to do it, and I. It was of a young girl, uh, you know, who lived with her father, and I think by then I was, I think I was in the late 20s or 30, you know, and I'm going, but this is for a young, <laughs> this is for a young girl. No, you're going to do it. And I said, but I haven't worked on point with point shoes. You know, point shoes aren't something you, you, any dancer will tell you. You don't pick them up and put them down, you know, for any length of time because uh, it's something you have to keep doing. So anyway, they were just all uh, on me to do it, so I did it. Yeah. yeah. Turned out, I guess they put, they replay that every once in a while. I get feedback on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I must say, I went immediately. I was in, I ended up marrying, but I was in, uh, yeah, I must have been 30, yeah, because I met this Swedish man when I was 30, and I went back to Sweden immediately, which upset my brother a lot that I wouldn't do a Johnny Carson or something to talk about the show, which, in retrospect, he was right, but I was madly in love, so what do you, you know, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> I ran back. But, yeah, you know, so anyway, um, but uh, I kept trying to think of the name of the producer of that show, Oh, God, it escapes me. Anyway, he took a one-page love letter ad to me. I saved it. It was so lovely uh, in the variety. You know, the picture, he had this letter that he wrote to me and then a picture of myself, of me. Mm -hmm. Myself is wrong. (laughs) Of me, um, sort of as a shadow over the letter. It was lovely. Very, very, very sweet and kind. Wow. Uh, Yeah. But I did do that, but I had, uh, by that time I was, I did a number of bit parts. Uh, what was that show? Darren McGavin's, it was his uh, series. Uh, I did a couple of bit parts. I did one and they called me back to do it, another one. And, you know, and I, oh, you know, my first real lead part on television was Have Gun, Will Travel. Yes. Dick Boone. Yes. Yeah, he wanted me for that. The director did not, and he gave me a Lamont Johnson. He did not like me, and he did not want me for that part. But Dick Boone uh, had the say, and I got the part. Which I was shocked. It was uh, it was one of these things you go in, and they give you the script, and then they tell you to come back in an hour or two, and you sit in your car, and you try to go over how to how to do it. Wow. <laughs> and then I went back, and Dick Dick Boone liked me a, a lot, I guess, and and uh, Lamont Johnson did not. Anyway, I got the part, and Lamont Johnson was very hard on me. And I remembered this actor, and somebody told me who he was. Uh, his name I remembered his name because it was Bing, and he he he, he uh, picked up on how I was so very insecure and how it was hard. The director was being very tough on me, and so he was very encouraging, and I. I always remembered him. He was so kind. And it turns out it was um, Kurt Russell's father. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I, I never got to tell him that about his dad. Um, but, yeah, his dad uh, was just uh, a good human being in trying to help this kid out. Yeah. 
and I, I it, it was uh, I was great, very grateful for it. Wow. Yeah, but well, I did do that. Yeah, and then I did, like I said, a number of uh, little parts, I guess, on uh, before I got uh, to do other things. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well. Um, you know, everybody should be watching out for you for uh, White Christmas as you pop up on that. And <laughs> when the season is here, we're almost <laughs> there. But uh, if- Oh, I know. Every year is so funny. Oh, my God. And, you know, <laughs> they'll send me letters, and they wa- they quote the couple of lines that I uh, said, and they want that, that written on the photograph. It's really cute and very nice. Huh. And I'm glad that people enjoy it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a classic, that's for sure. Yeah, but Barry. Yeah, yeah, um, Cosby and Danny Kaye. Yeah. Uh, now, Barry, I uh, want to remind everybody, uh, uh, we're going to finish up with one final question here, but uh, people should definitely, if they're in the California uh, Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, uh, in Orinda, at the Orinda California, um, uh, Orinda Theater, the California Independent Film Festival, Saturday, November 12th, they can catch you with the screening of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, and you'll be there for Q&A and everything. So, But to, to finish up, the final question is, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Yeah, you have asked the wrong person that question. <laughs> they used to have a questionnaire at Fox that you had to fill out. Your favorite everything. And I happen to be a not- favorite person. Really? I like so many films and mm-hmm. so many actors and you know I could rattle their names off. I don't I like them for for themselves, you know. Yeah. Each one is unique in their contribution and their talent. And I I'm not a favorite person and I can't really answer that question yeah, any no, other way. That's fine. Is is there do you lean more toward a certain genre, though, do, you know, do you like musicals? Which no, I, I don't. You don't, no, really, as a I dancer? <laughs> no, I don't. I know, it's weird, I, I guess, but like I just mentioned to you earlier when we spoke, I probably before we started this show, uh, you know, I just watched a film noir movie that I really, really liked. My friend told me about it to watch, and it was terrific. And, you know, and I like musicals, and I like comedies. I mean, I, I don't have a favorite yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Sorry fine. to yeah. Yeah. tell well, you that, but I don't have a favorite food or a favorite color. You know, I just don't seem to be in that yeah. niche. Yeah, that state of mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, Barry, yeah, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. And like I said, people should be checking you out at uh, the uh, California Independent Film Festival on Saturday, November twelfth, for a showing of "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." And uh, I thank you yeah, for I hope sharing. they come and have a good time. Barry Chase, thank you for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Another fascinating guest that tells us about uh, old Hollywood and everything. And uh, it's just uh, a lot of fun. If you are in the California Bay Area on Saturday, November 12th, that's this Saturday, uh, at the California Independent Film Festival, she will be there for a Q&A, and there will be a uh, showing of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. So uh, it's the, at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, just outside the bay. Hop on the bar, get out there, and have a good time. So we thank them for uh, helping us get these uh, interviews that we've had, and we also hope you will go and enjoy those uh, that time. So uh, check it out at the California Independent Film Festival. 
Well, we are just rolling along here with more and more interviews coming your way. This is episode 607. So uh, we have all kinds of old episodes that you can check back. We are on all the um, podcast providers, you know, Spotify and Apple, of course. We've been there since the beginning. And also on Amazon and Alexa and and, uh, Podbeam and Stitcher and all of those things. Be sure to check it out. Tell a friend about it. Go and listen to some of the backlog that we have, all the episodes with these incredible people. It's a lot of fun to hear what they have to say. Sadly, a lot of them have passed away, uh, but uh, you can still hear them tell their own stories. And uh, it's uh, fascinating. It's just, just really interesting to hear them talk about their lives. So check that out. So you can also go to onscreenandbeyond.com. There we are a little behind, I'm, you know, because of the move and everything that we did. I'm still loading those up, but they're still there. But you can get an idea of what's on there. So you can go there, check them all out. Some of them will have links that will get you to there. If not, just go to uh, Apple or Spotify or wherever, and you can scroll through all the lists and see who we have and everything. So a couple of ways you can check it out. And uh, we thank you so much if you... Uh, you know, you can leave a review for us on whatever podcast provider you're you're listening to us on, and if you uh, help us out that way, and you can turn around and uh, help us out by telling a friend and just getting the word about. You know, if you're on the um, social medias, uh, Twitter or Instagram, we're on that one quite a bit. Facebook, go ahead and uh, you know, you know, every time we put something up, you know, help us. You know, just turn around and retweet or, or share it or whatever they do on each one of those. It'll help us out and tell a friend and, and say, hey, you might you might enjoy this. So uh, we thank you for your taking the time to try to do that and uh, for us and everything. It's uh, just a way you can help us back. So uh, hope you're enjoying all these episodes and we will continue to do more and more coming away. We've got some in, in, you know, I always say it, we have an interesting guest coming up, but we always have an interesting guest. So we hope uh, that you'll be listening because we have some uh, nice ones coming up. So anyways, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen to Be Honest. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.